0: just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Yes, yes, good people. We are back. And today I have the distinct pleasure and honor of talking to what we call Australia's first guru, Shakti Durga. How you doing, Shakti?
1: I'm really well. How are you?
0: Excellent. I'm doing great. Fantastic. So happy to have you on the show and have you here. Thank you, I'm just going to tell the people a little bit about you. First of all, Shakti Durga means divine feminine force, which is a very powerful name that you've uh, chosen to live up to. So <laughs> that's 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 a lot, but it's but it's uh, but it's great. We need more more divine, powerful, divine feminine forces on Earth. I "Quote Australia's first guru," she's the founder of uh, and spiritual leader of the Shanti Mission. Shanti stands for peace. It's a non for profit charity that operates. Uh, a wide variety of projects with the aim of creating uh, an age of peace on Earth, both inner peace and peace peace between people. She comes from, as most of my guests do, a very I would call it standard uh, standard academic background. Uh, she went to went to college, went to law school, was a a law professor for a period of time, and then a, a lawyer for sixteen years, and then at some point got to. Uh, uh was, we'll call it a moment of truth <laughs> the dissolution of her marriage in 1992 which uh, led her to a meditation class and she did some further training after that she, i think at some point we'll get into it but at some point she was sick and she went to an energy healer and was surprised to find out that wait a minute this stuff actually worked after i was taking medication for all of these all these days the energy healing actually worked in a, a few days after some period of time, she, she began to, uh, to heal people and um, be, also began to train uh, herself to, because she had a great interest in uh, energy and, and a great interest in spiritual laws. And f- from my, uh, my research, she can correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like she studied for about 12 to, th- I mean, I'm sure she continues to study, but she officially studied for about 12 to 13 years under different master's and um became and took on the title of of guru so this is who we have today shakti durga welcome welcome again
1: thank you thank
0: you (laughs) so um i want to jump right in that was a mouthful you've done a lot um but i want to jump right in people can't see see her i'm I'm looking at her on skype uh she looks young she looks you know very young and very uh youthful and um (laughs) I know she's not 19, so, so, so she's doing something right. <laughs> but anyway, let's jump right in. I'll say it for people who are new to the show, the the premise of the show is that all successful people, uh, no matter the industry, have had to deal with certain truths, and it was accepting those truths that allowed them to break free and, and move past certain obstacles and ultimately obtain success so Shakti tell us uh, we'll start with a with a, a personal um, your personal and professional are very linked but maybe you want to pull from something from your past or maybe you can talk about something now a personal situation a story that can sort of illustrate a truth that you were ignoring that when you accepted it you were able to move past and break through
1: well there's been so many of those it's <laughs> it's tricky to choose which one <laughs> <laughs> I can um, imagine. I guess the, uh, you referred to me as guru and I suppose that's the most confounding one that, that occurred yeah. because nice. I had no ambition uh, in that direction and was not interested in going down that path. Oh. It, it just had never occurred to me. I'd studied with gurus and um, and I guess one of the things that uh, had really shocked me um, and, you know, I'm, I'm an analytically trained person sure. with two degrees and sure. and a lot of, rational (laughs) uh, strength in in my background. And it really did shock me uh, how much you can change and grow and evolve being in the presence of people who are awake to the divine within them and how much transmission of energy really is a big thing to help a person awaken to their own divine essence and to help break through breakthrough problems that have been intransigent huh. you know so uh, okay.
2: um,
1: it, it doesn't mean you won't have any problems anymore that would be a bit naive and would ignore altogether the law of karma um, however um, what i would say is that the way we can grow and the sorts of realizations we have about ourselves and others are um, fast forwarded expedited in this incredible way when we work with um, with a guru. Okay. And so gurus exist all over the world. You know, it's not just in India. They're called other things. Okay. Uh, in the in the Kabbalah, they're called a sadhik. Um, there's there's different names. Um, the Rinpoche's in Buddhism um, fulfill this purpose. Okay. And it's just an incredible thing, but truly was unexpected for me and came about um, when I walked into a class of people that I'd been um, working with for a long time and we had – A very close bond, you know, probably a few years of working together and meditating, doing spiritual practices, learning about healing work. And we we walked in, um, my colleague and I walked in and we were thinking, wow, there's a lot of energy around today. I wonder what's going on. Mm. And as I walked through the doorway to teach the class, I had a, I guess you could only call it an epiphany, where the physical world completely disappeared from my objective reality Mm. and was replaced by a sort of spiral vortex of brilliant light containing endless people like masters, um, Mm. masters that I was aware of what they looked like uh, from reading and from, you know, from studying, and also a lot of angels, a lot of angelic beings, and the bliss was indescribable and the feeling of love and sort of melting and dissolving all at the same time. And... The weird thing was that many of the people in the class, and there are about 40 of them, could feel what was happening and some of them who were more clairvoyant were able to see what was happening as well. Okay. So it wasn't just my individual experience, it became a group experience. And it, I don't know how long it lasted, but it would have been over an hour, I, I think, and everybody mm-hmm. was made of rapture and then um, it kind of faded away. But in that somewhere, I learned that, I was Shakti Durga, and then I was here to serve in the world as a guru. Okay. And um, at the time, I was just in bliss, so it all seemed, yeah, yeah, of course, that's what the divine wants, of course, that's what I'll do. And I started to initiate and bless people that day. And when I do that work, it's so beautiful and profound, but I have to say it took me a couple of years to adjust to that um, way of uh, describing myself because (laughs) – I, I was a mum I had children going to school I was packing yeah. school lunches and-, <laughs> and I thought you know the divine must be insane it must have made a terrible mistake
0: and your parents are still calling you Kim Frazier.
1: <laughs> oh, my parents um, my parents are some of my biggest supporters because they get regular healings and they
2: uh. they
1: can they write us and other you know issues to do with being in their 80s yeah and uh, and they get great relief from the work and they do the meditations and they come to sessions wow. and um, absolutely love it. And my brother and my daughter, my husband, wow. it's become a family kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just important for me that there's um, that time when I'm with classes and I'm doing healings and helping people in that way where I'm really tuned into the infinite. Right. And then there's time when I'm just me, like now, right. like when I'm doing – up like when I'm um, driving the car.
2: Sure. I'm
1: in a ground sort of state of you know being able to deal with worldly things. Right. And then there's other part of me that I guess you'd call it. Uh, it's like a divine um, mood that comes over. Okay. And and it just helps people transform in a really rapid way, and and people experience a lot of bliss in this process, and a lot of transformation happens very rapidly for people. Okay. So. This was the biggest change or the biggest change in paradigm or consciousness that I ever had to deal with, and it's brought me so much joy mm. and so much wonderful people that I've met. Right. Uh, and at the same time, it's been tricky because the Western paradigm does not uh, understand, and there's been a lot of, I don't know if it's like the same in America, but there's been a, a few scandals with spiritual teachers, you know, that yes. um, take people. Sure right. And so, you know, it's a tricky one. It's, so it's certainly not um, a title I would have chosen uh, with my personality's consciousness, if
0: you see what I mean. No, absolutely. Um, but, yeah. So when I said earlier, when I said, you know, especially with parents still calling you your, your old name, I had uh, read an interview where you, I guess you were in the process of making the transition. You were saying that, you know, they were having a hard time as well and they were still calling you your, yep. your other name.
1: Oh, at, at the the that beginning, point in time, definitely.
0: in the beginning, yes,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> in the beginning. But
1: having been in the process of becoming Shakti Durga over the last eleven years, it's um, yeah, I don't mind what people call me. Quite frankly, you know, if you <laughs> want to call me, kid, you know, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So you, so in your in terms of your personal life, the truth, the truth that you were able to glean was, well, I said and say that you were able to glean, but the truth that maybe you were having a difficult time reconciling was. This is your calling, you know, the, to yeah. be this spiritual teacher is your calling. So when you have a calling, yeah. don't ignore it. It's kind of like I think what what you're what you're saying, you know, what people can take from yeah. that, because um, that's yeah. what it sounds like. You were sort of hedging, like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but I'm not, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a little yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, well,
1: former lawyer turned energy heal was much easier <laughs> than yoga guru, you know. Right. Uh, right. It was a different job though. It's a different job and certainly there's a lot of aspects of the former work sure. that I was doing and, and all of it's been made easier because of the legal training that I've had because, um, yeah, I mean I do adhere to the spiritual laws. I teach yeah. about them. I meditate on them and, and show other people how to work with them. It's, it's very beautiful and profound work and, you know, I've learned more about unity and peace than I ever dreamed could pop, could could exist. Yeah. Um. And also about love and and my experience has been that just when you think you couldn't love any more than you already do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there'll be some divine experience and the divine's working through. Yeah. And and Durga, who is um, you know, the divine mother who protects us all, um, is really in the house in in this vehicle and and I find my heart opening more than ever and that the the bliss and the love. Is just growing all the time, yeah. and seems to be working for other people too, and uh, so it's a great joy. And it did take a lot of courage, I have to say. And sure. um, yeah, that's been the most. Yeah,
0: being an attorney is a very safe and socially acceptable, you know, role and position yeah. to have. Um, yes, you you mentioned love, and I want I just wanted to to quote something you said that I really liked, which was. Um, and it's actually the mission uh, of, you know, of Shanti, of Shanti mission, the, the peace mission yeah. for peace. You yeah. said that uh, peace is actually more important than love because you can love somebody and still want to kill them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. True. <laughs> I love that. And I think, you know, there is something to be said for that inner peace. Um, every, Everything flows in and everything starts inside and flows out. Uh, and if each individual person could find some modicum of internal peace, then yes, the world would be a more peaceful place. Makes complete sense, you know. Difficult, but makes complete sense.
1: Yeah, and the kind of peace I'm interested in is not the "Oh, all right, then have it your way. I will just sit here, <laughs> not say anything." Right. Because you know, that isn't peace at all. No. That's um, that's passivity. Yeah. And you know, when we're passive, what happens is a lot of uh, anxiety. Um, a lot of resentment and resistance can build up inside of us and it's not—it's nothing like what peace is. For me, peace is very dynamic and okay. and it means that we're going to be coming into more presence, the presence of our own truth yes. with every moment, and then – so there's a spiritual dynamic to it uh, because we all have a soul and inside of our soul that peace already exists. Yes. And so underneath everything that's going on, on on the top, so our emotions, our thoughts, what we think is going on, underneath all that there is a very peaceful operating system if we can just close enough windows to get back to that operating system. Sure. And then we can uh, tune in, in a different way. And also very often we get inspiration from, about how we can deal with the situation we're facing in a way that is authentic. And then one of the things we do in Shanti Mission also is we work from the other end. So not just the the divine inspiration end, but the physical end. What skills do I need to develop Yes. so that I can be a skilled peacemaker and not make things worse in trying to express my truth and be authentic? Sure. And so our space training is, I feel it's just as important as the so Called divine, I think it's all divine, yeah, and so uh, we work in different sort of compartments of who we are or different dimensions of who we are. Yes,
0: the five dimensions, uh, yes,
1: yes, yes. So uh, this was shown to me early on in my um, progress as a spiritual teacher okay. in meditation, where a lot of the teachings come from uh, yeah. for me. Okay. And whilst I studied far and wide, as you said in the introduction. And then I feel like into that foundation of both the Eastern and the Western mysteries, which I love them both. And I've derived great benefit from both. And I actually feel that learning the Kabbalah made me a better yogi mm. and being a yogi made me a better um, understander of Kabbalah. Uh-huh. If you can see what I mean.
0: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, it was shown to me that we have five dimensions of who we are and I thought, oh wow, this is so obvious. Why, why doesn't everyone know this? And if we did know it, gosh, we'd have a lot more peace.
0: Yes. Um, we'll get into the five dimensions um, a little later. I do, I do want you to to explain it um, as simply as you can. But it's, I think it's it's important to just talk about it from a very basic standpoint. And if people are interested, they can go to your site. Um, they yes. can look you up and do, and do more individual research. But it is, it is, it's very, very critical information. All right, so we talked about a personal uh, true story. Any professional truth stories you want to share with the people?
1: Oh, In your, in your well, role as lawyer or guru? <laughs> <laughs> well, back in the day when I was transitioning, when I was after the um, wake up, I'd had true getting divorced, which is something I, I was a good Catholic girl back in the day, and I'd yeah. never really expected that was going to happen. Yeah. But after that, and when I was studying with all these masters, uh, one day I was studying. Uh, with a Filipino uh, faith healer from the pranic healing tradition and he was a master and he was really incredible and I'm a very receptive person so whilst I'm, you know, people have got to pass the sniff test um, and and I am quite sceptical until such time as I feel trust and I can sort of feel the light in someone Um, and I was, so I was open to this man after having met him a number of times and so his blessing flowed into me very strongly mm. and at the end of this um, healing workshop I realised that I was seeing everyone's energy centres. I was seeing them as though it was a Technicolour movie and I couldn't turn it off and the next day I was back in court and I had a full caseload and there I was in my wig and gown <laughs> um, in the courtroom being able to see everybody's energy centres.
2: Mm, and.
1: Really incredible, and things would happen. Such as um, I was sitting in the back of the courtroom waiting for my case to start. There was another case finishing, and one of the witnesses, in his energy field, suddenly a big black flash came out of his throat chakra. He was lying. He, thought, uh, he was
2: lying, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: like running up to the judge and say, a big black flash just came out of his throat chakra. <laughs> but <laughs> I knew that was it. But anyway, so I did have a very entertaining a few weeks. It lasted for several weeks wow. that I had this extra sensory uh, thing that was not able to be turned off. So walking down the street, you know, when someone would walk by someone, if there was a sort of a an attraction, like a sexual attraction, the the sex chakras would link onto each other straight away. Yeah. Um, I just learned so much about wow. the way the energy works and. And how it's designed and what's meant to do, and thankfully by the end of a few weeks, it did actually resolve, so that um, it wasn't there all the time. Yeah. And now I, <laughs> turn it off when I need to and turn it off the rest of the time, which is a, a much better state of affairs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you're so now when you go into, uh, you're able to control. All right, I'm going to go into this space where, when particularly, I guess when you're doing the healing work, you go into the space yeah. where you can see the chakras and then and then you do your work. Okay.
1: That's okay. right. So see, seeing isn't – with the uh, extrasensory uh, perception, it's not, which is, again, something I didn't believe in when I used to be a lawyer. So you mm-hmm. can see how many paradigm shifts I've been through. Absolutely. Um, I wasn't born with any of this stuff. Uh, what happens is you sort of see, feel, know things. It's it's many senses rolled into one Okay. that I guess I do see things – but sometimes it's just a knowing, and that just comes from the experience and, and training. And, I, you know, lots of people can do this. It's, um, it's what we train people for in my right,
0: work. Right, right. I guess that truth was that, was it the truth that, I guess you were, you had been learning about the chakras, but the truth in that situation was, wow, they actually do exist, and I'm actually experiencing yep. it. Whereas before it was yes. more a theoretical thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Which is great because if you're the type of, you know, like you said, if you're, you know, very left brain and you come from a very analytical, there's got to be a part of you that had some skepticism. So this being shown to you probably also helped you get over whatever your skepticism was about it. That's great.
1: It did. It really did. Yeah. It did. That's awesome. And I guess um, the most, the other most profound truth I, I think that I've ever had to digest, which was difficult, was that we create our own reality. Oh yeah. And you hear that you hear that bandied about
2: yeah. so often. Oh yeah.
1: But when you actually come to the realization that, okay, so say in a particular relationship you've been bullied. Yes. And it's very unhappy and blaming the bully and feeling like a victim and feeling right. like it's their fault. Right. And you're feeling morally superior because it's their fault. <laughs> You know, at different phases of my life when I was younger, that's definitely the standpoint that I took about things. Right. Come to the realization through the training I was doing that, in fact, all of that was only occurring in my life because somehow or other, for a reason that certainly was not logical, I had somehow attracted that to myself. Absolutely
0: correct. I I believe that, yes.
1: Yeah, and so um, I think that was one of the biggest Truths and paradigm shifts I ever had to face. And when I really came to the deep realization, oh my God, all of this only happened because I created wow. truly. I, I feel like I was depressed for months. <laughs> for all this time I thought it was someone else's fault. Now here was the realization oh my God, it was my own internal way of holding my consciousness and energy that I didn't know that that's what I was creating. And I really had to spend several years then wow. um, coming to the, um, you know, deeply into a space of this is me too and that's me and that's showing me a part of me and that's showing me a part of me and a deep, deep, deep um, no holes barred kind of expose of what is self
2: yeah, and
1: how is self operating in this world. And it's something I still do as a spiritual exercise now is that's me too. That's me too. So yeah. it works both ways. It doesn't only work to show up the dross that's around in our life. It works to show up the beauty in our life as well. Yes. If we understand with a very deep level, we're connected with everyone and that the deeper you go in, in, internally in your consciousness, you come to a place where there's nothing that you're not. And that brings you to a place of samadhi or nirvana, a place mm. of infinite and connectedness to everything. And that's been my experience now many times. And now my job as guru is to help other people to realize this about themselves yeah. and to hold their hand and give them the odd hug while they go through the in- inevitable changes and fears that will come up when you really examine yourself, you oh. know. Uh, I don't know how you could do it with some without someone caring about you, without without someone saying, hey, it's okay, I've been there, I've had that Experience you're going through, yeah, and you're going to be right, you're going to survive that. And look, at the end of the day, we're going to stay in a field of love together, a field of resonance. And in that, there's freedom in that. You can really do what you want to do, but if you want the help, I'm here. And if you want the blessing, um, call on Shakti Durga. And a guru can teach people in the sleep state and the dreaming state, as well as the awake state, which is a kind of a high mystery, Interesting. but it's something. It's not the personality, of course. The personality can't do that, but the divine working through a person, the divine working through can do anything. So,
0: right? Wow, wow, wow. Mm. Okay, that's amazing. Mm. You you were talking about um, the people that you help, <clears throat> which is a great segue mm. into into the, the question section because um, my ninth guest, uh, I don't know. You probably know, you may not know, Dr. Lee, uh, Dr. Natalie Martinek. Um, she was my ninth guest on the show and, um, she follows the Ignite Your Spirit program and, and, and has also become a healer and, um, talked, spoke very highly of you and, um, Mm. you know, her, her life, you get a chance, you should listen to her, uh, her interview with me. Just Mm. amazing what the teachings have sort of done for her. Um, Mm. talk a little bit about just Ignite Your Spirit therapy and, and how, um, you know, how it can benefit people.
1: Sure, uh, and she's an expert in that, I have to say, and a marvellous woman, yes. absolutely marvellous. Yes. The, um, the therapy is energy healing, so we work in the energy field directly, and it's combined with spiritual counselling and also some shamanic practices. Okay. And the shamanic practices speak straight to our soul, and we can bypass the mind and go into a very deep place of being able to affect healing and see why it is that we keep having these negative thoughts or destructive habits in our life and what's causing that. Where is it? Because we can't find it in our logical, rational mind. Our logical, rational mind would tell us that these things are not good and we shouldn't do them. Mm -hmm. You know, just say um, addictions or just feeling bad about yourself, feeling like you don't have any confidence or those sorts of things. Where's that coming from? And there's something deep inside that's causing that. And, of course, it could be a product of our upbringing, our conditioning, but it can also go deeper than that. Anyway, in the, in the therapy, what we do is we work through um, the five dimensions that we mentioned earlier. Okay. So we look at what's going on in the physical world. What is it you want help with? And it could be anything from a health condition to a relationship that you can't understand why it keeps going sideways <laughs> um, and you want to know what's getting in the way of love at the moment. Uh, It could be a work situation, um, you know, interpersonal situation, anywhere. Sometimes it's the dimension of mind and some of our work is similar to cognitive behavioural therapy or um, uh, kinesiology. It's similar uh, in terms of uh, releasing stuck patterns in the mind itself and inserting new positive, uplifting ways of holding our consciousness. So we do that and sometimes it's not really in the mental field at all. It, it comes from a karma mm. uh, in the distant past ah, and we look soul. at in the soul. So, you know, I'm a believer and I'm a believer in uh, that we have a continual series of incarnations and that whilst our, our personality vehicle, our ego does not reincarnate, our soul does and that the soul has to deal, the, the ego that it produces to come and have another life has to deal with all the unfinished karmas from the last ego that the soul put out. Sometimes seems like an unfair system, but it is the same soul. And when we start to realise that we're not this egoic vehicle, we're a soul. We are a soul. And a lot of the work has to do with the realisation, I'm a soul. I'm a soul here, having a human experience, and then I have access to all the soul's um, technology, if you want to call it that, or the soul's wisdom, the soul's love and light. So... Um, it's to try and hook people up with that part of themselves. Is what ignite your spirit therapy is about.
0: Okay, got it. Talk talk a little mm-hmm. bit about just go through the five dimensions, um, just so people know what it is and they can, you know, do a little bit more research if they're interested.
1: Sure. Well, the first dimension is our physical world, which we know about. It's our it's our body, our five senses, uh, and it's the dimension that we probably think we're in most of the time. But another of the dimensions is actually the dimension of mind. We call it the astral field. So it's it's where we actually spend most of our time uh, in terms of our consciousness because very often when we're driving a car or we're, we're just sort of tootling along, we're not thinking about the task at hand so much as we're thinking about what we're going to be doing or what we were doing yesterday or the argument we had last week with somebody. We're not really present for the uh, to driving a car or washing the dishes, you know. So this dimension of mind is really important and it contains all of our memories and as well as our expectations and it also contains everyone else's thoughts as well and sometimes they blob into each other and that can be a very tricky thing um, and we can catch other people's thoughts in a way uh we don't know we're, we're doing it consciously but it's how mass hysteria works and it's how mass trends work as well so that's another that's the second dimension the next dimension is our receptors or energy and consciousness, which is our energy field. So that can be likened to the hardware of a computer. um, And the programs of consciousness can't run on a substandard set of hardware. Uh, You know, like if we tried to run today's programs on 1980s computers, it wouldn't work because they're not strong enough. And so it is that as we develop our consciousness and as we imbibe more of the bliss and the divine fire that's within our soul, we have to have containers that can handle that. So we develop the chakras and the energy field. And, you know, it, these these teachings are actually in West as well as Eastern. Jesus used to say, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. Mm. You know, the teaching there is that you can't bring in all this huge amount of divine light and have these um, tottery little chakras that aren't capable of holding it. So yeah. part of our muscle, weightlifting for the chakras is part of, our, part of our techniques that we teach people so they can be more balanced and strong in their life. So there we have the physical, the mental, the energy field itself. Then we have the, the dimension of the soul, and, and getting in communion with your own soul and knowing the truth from your own inside perspective that comes through a sense of bliss, peace and love and that in that field of bliss, peace and love, in comes, ah, ah, I've got it, you know, the perfect solution that is really going to help you with whatever you're doing. Um, and help you grow as a person as well and challenge you sometimes too. The soul's wisdom is not always just about everything's going to turn out all right and you're going to be safe in every circumstance. That's the ego's objective, but the soul's objective is we're going to grow and we're going to embody more light and we're going to learn how to be loving, not just when everything's soft and fluffy, but we're going to learn to be loving when things are hard, when things are difficult, when other people are not being loving We're going to learn to be loving, you know. I remember a story the Dalai Lama tells about one of his monks, a senior monk who was, um, you know, being imprisoned by the Chinese and somehow the Dalai Lama had gotten to speak to him. And the monk said, look, I'm really scared. And the Dalai Lama said, what are you scared of? I know you're not scared of death. What's your fear? And the monk said, I'm scared that I'm going to lose my compassion. And I thought, oh, oh, my God, what a what a beautiful, evolved, amazing soul that no matter how badly he been being treated, his fear was that he would not think well of them or that he would lose his appreciation that they had a Buddha nature, that they had a soul, that they were connected to the infinite just like he was. So, whoa, that's, a, that's an advanced soul, powerful, you know. Powerful. Very powerful. So, um, and then the final dimension is the divine itself which is infinite and formless and uh, it's where we all merge together because even when we're in our soul presence, there's your soul, there's my soul, there's everybody's got a soul. So we're not yet in the fullness of the oneness but when we get to the divine we are and that divine spark is inside of every soul And, uh, and the way to that divine is through our own soul. And for me, the way into that is through my heart. So we open our heart to love and compassion and warmth and human kindness. And that's how we can connect with the soul self. You can try and do it through the mind, but it's extremely difficult. And it's a slower vehicle to achieve soul connection than your heart. Mm. And so I choose to try and help people to make the incredibly long journey it's only eighteen inches from your head to your heart, and I, that's one of the things um, that, as guru, I take the most delight in helping people to awaken to the field of love that exists within them, and to um, to know who they are, and what's your path, and what do you have to do in life. And you know, as guru, I'm interested in people waking up to their individuality and their uniqueness. So it's not about be like me. Shakti Durga is already being Shakti Durga, don't be like me, be like you, you know, yes. and what does it take for you to release the imprisonment that you don't even know you're in so that you can come to the full presence of yourself and do you have the guts to do it? Mm. And, and that's where the teacher helps because mm. none of us, I don't think anyone's got the power to do that by themselves because what it's trying to merge with is so vast. Um, that we need a bit of a helping hand at times along the way and someone who loves us and in an unconditional way. And that's that's their essence. And so the people that I've trained and who, um, you know, some of them it's their calling to uh, share in the teachings with me and they're my colleagues now, you know. They they were disciples once and they may still call themselves disciples of Shakti Durga, but they are fully um, fully activated in terms of their divine connection and their uniqueness in the world. Mm. And, you know, our senior disciples are very diverse people who are doing very different things in the world. And I'm very, you know, I just love them and love to see them flourishing and going out and, and spreading the light.
0: Wow. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's. Uh, it's almost like, uh, I mean, you have children of your own, but it's almost like having a yeah. whole another set of children that you yeah. can see, you know, the, the effort, the efforts of not just your work, but their work. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah. amazing. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let, Let's let jump into uh, the next section, which is uh, yes or BS. But I, I, okay. t- as I told you earlier, I know you don't curse. So we're not going to say BS. We're going to say <laughs> yes or, uh, or no. <laughs> okay. Or no. I've got it. All right. Uh, Number one Changing your name Can change your destiny
1: I would say yes
0: Okay Do you want to expound on it? We can move on to the next one
1: Every name has an energy Okay And um, Sometimes the energy of your name Is so bound up In who you thought you were That it's very hard To break free Of that And to Meet The true identity Of your higher soul And by utilising a divine name, it's inspirational and aspirational, but from an esoteric point of view or a mystical point of view, every time someone says that name, certain vibrations of energy are there which bring forth the energy of that name into the space that you're in together. And so I feel that there definitely is a, a very big energetic shift with what kind of name uh, we choose to call ourselves. And uh, also if I was to scan or perceive the energy, if I say, hi, I'm Kim, um, I'm fairly strong because I've been working on my energy field for the, for the last nearly 30 years. Um, but if I say, hi, I'm Shakti Virga, my energy field is about five times stronger. Interesting. So I can show people that. Wow. Uh, and show how they can perceive that for themselves. So for me, that that's a yes.
0: Okay. Mm. Number two, the major organized religions, which is uh, Christianity, Islam, and I guess we can Hinduism, the major organized religions do not teach people how to access their spiritual potential.
1: I think that's probably um, an overstatement. Okay. I, th- I think that there's a lot of dogma. So I'd say yes and no to that. I okay. think that there's esoteric and exoteric group of teachings and that many people in the world prefer the more simple, straightforward teachings of the religions as they've been put and don't want to delve into the truth of their soul because they're going to have to work. They're going to have to actually spend effort um, and just go along to whatever it is every week. gives people a lot of comfort and and it gives people a sense of connection to the infinite. So I feel like all the religions are playing their part in some way or or another. But everything has a light and shadow, and wow. so um, yeah, I choose to focus on the light and to say yes, they are helping people um, to it to get to the the place. I just think the esoteric schools get you there faster. Yes,
0: we are all on a journey. We're just traveling we at different speeds. Yes. <laughs> all right, yeah. number three: pain and uncomfortability are necessary for growth. True. Okay.
1: I think. Yes. We don't have any pain. We don't have any motivation to make anything different.
0: I agree. I think we can leave that there. Number four, the, okay. e- the educational system does not teach children how to know themselves.
1: True. I think that's true. And I think it might be changing, but not not as quickly as I'd like to see it changing. Yeah. Um, I have a vision that one day the sorts of um, personal development skills uh, that we use in Shanti Mission, uh, I hope they're going to be taught in schools in a fairly universal way so that people do have the opportunity to tune in pretty early in life to, yes. well, who am I
2: yes. and what
1: am I here for, yeah, I mean, without losing the sense of responsibility to the collective. Sure. So I think that's the dance, that whilst it's great to know who you are and to be independent and to be a free thinker, I think that if we're ignoring that we have dharma or we have duty to our society and that we need to make a contribution in some way, then I think we're misguiding ourselves. Number five,
0: there is no such thing as a victim.
1: Uh, Well, I think that's actually true and false. So false in that I've answered that before. Um. Yes, there are no victims. We created all ourselves. But let's if we look around the world, we see millions of victims. So it depends which dimension you want to look in. In the soul dimension, there's no victims. In Mm. the physical dimension, there's plenty of them.
0: Okay, I like that answer. (laughs) Number six, a healer must be healed in order to be most effective.
1: I think that everyone's on a healing journey because growth is infinite. That's the whole meaning of infinite divine. So we're all on a healing journey. But the further along the healing journey we've gone, the more effective we will be on behalf of our clients. And that's why in our energetic healing training, a lot of it is about the transformation and enlightenment of the healer.
0: Yeah. And number seven, the last one, magical number seven. I think I, well, we'll see. I think I know how you're going to answer this. But we'll see. <laughs> Connecting with spirit is more difficult for a married person with a children and a full time job.
1: <laughs> I've been that person and I managed. Um, well, it's certainly true that if you um, don't have any worldly obligations, you're able to um, sit and meditate for hours at a exactly. time. <laughs> Um, but are you actually going to grow much from that? My answer would be no. I think you need the worldly stuff to churn the light through so that you get the permanent growth you're looking for. Yes. So I'm very much in favor of people, um, you know, being family people and being, you know, in the world mm. and to bring heaven to earth. It's not about the transcendental path alone, although I practice transcendental techniques and practices and meditation. Um, it's about, okay, go up there, grab all that energy and inspiration and bring it down and put it in your life and yeah. anchor heaven on earth for yourself and others. So I don't know if I answered that properly.
0: No, but. no, that's great. I mean, I agree with it. I think that the it's the other stuff. It's the, the personal relationships. It's the job that create the friction that's necessary yes. to to give that heat to sort of, yeah. Push you and, and and well, you have a choice when you're being pushed. You can either ignore it or you can try to look at it and heal. So, I think it's it. I mean, that was a great example you gave because people think, you know, oh, I, to be spiritual means means I need to be a monk and go to a mountain and meditate for 365 days a year. Not necessarily. Not to not to say that those people aren't spiritual. It's to say that mm-hmm. it, there's something definitely powerful about being somebody spiritually connected in the. World, quote unquote. Um, yeah, because it's more difficult.
1: Because quite often, that's it. Because quite often people who have been in a renunciate kind of place, when they do rejoin society, they they quickly get caught up in all the issues and difficulties, and find it difficult to maintain yes. the illumination they've found individually. And for me, the strength aspect of spiritual training. Um, is to be able to withstand the forces and pressures of everyday life yes. and to be a loving person. And that's really what all the training's about. How can I be love on legs in this situation? And again, like peace, love to me is not being a doormat.
2: Ah, love is
1: yes. having, it's being, having a balance between when you say yes and when you say no and that sometimes love is saying no. Yes. And that love the self is just as important as loving those around us and that if we don't nurture the self, you know, we're not going to have enough energy to be loving to everybody else and we'll end up keeling over. Yes. And so it's a delicate balance between loving and serving everyone else and looking after yourself and taking time for your own nourishment and replenishment. So oh. it's certainly a big story, all of this. Yeah. And um, you know, if you want to be good at tennis, you get a coach. If you want to be good at <laughs> Or football, you get a coach. Yes. And I actually think spiritual development is more complex than either golf or football, you know? And they're complex enough. If you want to do it well, you get a coach. And that's really what a spiritual master, that's what a guru is for, is to coach you. To coach you through.
0: All right. Yeah. Shakti Durga. (laughs) (laughs) So Shakti, tell the people how they can reach you, um, how they can contact you if they want to get more information. Um, I know uh, you, you reside in Australia, but I know that uh, the teachings are in the UK and the United States. Um, People can get hands on teaching.
1: They are. We have teachers in Connecticut, uh, a lovely woman in um, Brooklyn, uh, in New York. Uh, We've got San Diego in California and uh, in Colorado, in Denver, we have a teacher there too. And up in Canada. Um, but if you want to connect with me, and I, I do visit these places and, and see people, usually try to get over there every year, but it's uh, shaktidurga.com is my website. There's a lot of my resources available um, on that website and information about retreats that I run all over the world. We've got a couple coming up in India very soon that will be very special. Wow. Uh, and also on Facebook. Uh, so Shakti Durga, is a, uh, there's a public figure page on Facebook and a lot of the things I'm doing are listed there. And I do every week a Facebook Live, Satsang, which would be Saturday night, New York time, uh, Sunday morning, uh, Sydney time. Uh, we do a, uh, a something on Facebook Live. And, and a lot of people seem to be getting a lot of uh, enjoyment and benefit from that. Okay. We also have our own YouTube station, which is Shakti Durga Videos. And um, I'm told we have Twitter and Insight as well, but I don't understand. That's way beyond my level. <laughs> that, that, that
0: Twitter thing, you know, that Twitter thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's best yeah. that you stay off the yeah. twitter it's 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 yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> stick to coaching
2: <laughs> yeah that's so
0: <laughs> all right well this has been uh fantastic and um i, I hope you enjoyed yourself i hope my listeners uh, have um, gained some benefit i know i certainly have um talking to you and um before i sign off if there's anybody out there listening who's in a lot of pain, who's in a dark place, uh, what would you say to them, Shakti?
1: I would say get yourself along and get some energy healing because the pain in the dark place is sitting in your energy field. It's sitting in your chakras like closed doors. Mm-hmm. And we have to prize those doors open so the light and the joy can return to your life again. So get yourself to a uh, competent, mm-hmm. energetic healer. Uh, mm-hmm. Get yourself along people who are already quite illumined and allow that light to shine on you and dissolve the darkness and help you on the journey. We've actually done a lot to help people with depression. We've done two studies um, and our, our methods of uh, spiritual healing are very effective mm. in helping people through that dark place. And we all have a dark night of the soul. It's part of our life's journey at some stage. It's a very rare person that doesn't experience that. And to know that there is hope. And so that's really the message I'd leave is that there's hope and to, to not give up on yourself or the world.
0: Beautiful. Well, well, well said. And and therapeutically said, as you were saying it, I was feeling the healing.
1: If you like, I can give them a blessing.
0: So. Yeah, okay, so in, anyone that's listening that is going through any depression or difficulties, send to yourself, close your eyes and allow Shakti Durga to speak to you.
1: And so I ask that you be blessed with the right assistance, the right help at the right time for the right thing to happen. May you be in the divine flow and open to the light within you. And even though you are going through a dark night, that there is always a dawn and the dark is the worst just before the dawn. So may you be blessed with what you need for your recovery. And if you breathe in now, the blessing will go in to help lead and guide you to where you will receive the most assistance. Through divine grace, so be it.
0: Okay, so be it. And as I always say, the truth will set you free Mm -hmm. if you let it.